0: Hello, everybody. Welcome to Two Nuts in a Pod. I'm Lizzie. And I'm Emery. And we have a special guest today that Emery, you're going to introduce.
1: Yeah, I'll I'll introduce our special guest. It's Meg Sassy Stern. I have known Meg for a few years. We've known each other as uh, volunteer clinic escorts. uh, And Meg does work uh, with abortion and access to abortion. And I get, did I get that all right. Do you want to? That's right. Okay, I got it yeah. all right. Good. Thanks. Okay, check. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so thank you so much for joining us today. Very excited to have you on the show. And I guess we'll get right down to business. Sure. Okay. Well, um. So yeah, you're listening to Two Nuts of a Pod on 106.5 Ford Radio. You can listen to us anytime at radio.org. You can find us on streaming services. Actually, you can find us on any stream, any podcast streaming service. You can find us. Um, you can also find us on social media platforms, Facebook and Instagram. Instagram, it's two nuts in a pod with the number two, two nuts in a pod. And Facebook, it's two nuts in a pod with two T-W-O spelled out. And you can also email us anytime, 24 7, 365 at two nuts in a podcast at gmail.com. One of our 700 interns will answer in a timely fashion. We always say it's within one hour to one year they will answer your email. So yeah. you'll get an answer sometime, whatever.
0: I think that's a fair window, right?
1: yeah it's not like you know we're not promising too much here we're just we're at a limited budget here <laughs> so yeah you'll get you'll get a response to it and you can you can email us about if you have show ideas if you want to be on the show if you have questions um if you just want to send fan mail to lizzie anything you want to do uh feel free to contact us and we'll respond in a timely fashion
2: all right
0: business done
1: business that was real quick introductions quick business is quick we're on a roll
0: we're rocking and rolling uh, Mega, I have to say that I love your shirt. It Thank says you. "Stand with Black Women," and definitely along the lines of like the work that you do, because I feel like that's a big conversation right now too. Is particularly, you know, how the Roe v. Wade reversal affects Black women. For sure. Um,
2: yeah. Anyone who's impacted already by systems like poverty. Uh, And then when we get into reproductive rights, if people particularly here in the Bible Belt where, you know, we may or may not talk openly about our reproductive lives and and often the church has influence and impact on how how we build community and show up in families. So people are definitely have have been heavily impacted since pre since during row and and absolutely post row. Yeah. How's your morale right now working in the area that you do? Yeah, that's a good question. Uh, It's pretty up and down. I um, feel like I've known, so I've I've worked in abortion access um, as a volunteer escort for over 20 years, but I've been a professional for close to 10, and we knew that this was coming. I mean the governor in Kentucky tried to close our clinics in partnership with a national extremist group in 2017. And I was already fortunate to be uh, in this work professionally. So it's been part of my last many years to sort of be preparing for further restricted access. So in a way, I feel like I'm not, you know, panicking or freaking out. Uh, There's definitely some frustration with a lot of the things that might be expected and then there's always these sort of surprise uh, problems. Sometimes they're inconveniences and sometimes they're actually harmful. But, you know, like um, people coming up with these brilliant ideas like camping trips and we're like, hello you're going to make people vulnerable to harm and other people will very possibly get ripped off and all the while people need abortions so trying to stay centered trying to stay positive positive. Um, and i do have some i'm very fortunate to have opportunities to be working with organizations that are doing really expansive work and that feels good so kind of clinging to those those glimmers of hope i guess Okay,
0: so I guess we'll launch into "How are you for real?" Uh, so this is where we kind of no holds barred, just talk about our feelings. And I guess we we've, we've gotten into yours a little bit, Meg. Uh, I'm gonna put emo on the spot now. It's always annoying. It
1: happens. How are you for real? I'm really sore. Um, uh, you'll see me move my neck a lot. I, I guess I just been I've been sleeping uh, a little. I guess. I don't know, just been sleeping wrong lately. Uh, but my, I've had some neck issues in the past and, uh, I had a, a car accident last year and that kind of inflamed a lot. And, um, and yeah, so it just kind of like affects a lot, like just that little bit of pain and you're just like, you want to crack it a little bit here and there, but also just, I just notice how much that affects like my mood and everything else. So it just, mm-hmm. it makes me think of, of individuals who are, are you know, this is this is a minor inconvenience for me, but individuals that experience prolonged pain throughout their life, like how much that affects an individual. Um, so just, you know, not only affects my physical health, but mental health as well. Uh, but other, other than that, 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 that minor inconvenience there, things are pretty good. Uh, I did dog sit recently and I hung out. Her name was Bella. Her name is Bella and she's chocolate lab, real sweetheart. And uh, it was my friends at, uh katie uh, fan, a friend of the show uh, her parents so i stayed over there and they have an in-ground pool and i Ooh, like nice. you know i'm not a summer person like i am a winter boy and summer i'm not real big fan of summer but i'm trying to be I'm trying to be open-minded about summer and i i would just i didn't realize how much i was like whoa like you're having your own private pool rules. (laughs) I would go for a run or something and then come back and be like, wait, I can just get in this pool and hang out, you know, and I don't really need a lot of entertainment. Like I was just like, this is amazing. So I just, I uh, was like, yeah, I think maybe in the future I might have to, you know, uh, in ground, I know is super expensive, but above ground too, I'm, I'm fine with any pool. I'm fine with just those little, um, those little kiddie pools <laughs> kiddie too. Pool. Whatever, just fill it up with some water. I'm good. I didn't realize how much I would love that, but that mm. like just improved my mood so much by just being in the water. And I just, I don't know. Maybe I am more of a summer boy now. So just, just the it pool, was nice.
0: the pool has changed you.
1: And Bella would just watch me swim and do my laps and stuff, and just hang out there. And she's had a good old time. She's an older pup. She's 11 years old, and um, it was really nice. It's so a just,
2: sweet gig.
1: Yeah, it was it was great. Yeah, um, they wanted uh, they generally bored the dog, but she had a kennel cough, mm. so they couldn't do that. And they asked me, and I was like, "Yeah, I'll come hang out with Bell." And I remember Bella as a puppy. I remember holding her as a little a little puppy, and she's just so sweet. And now she's you know 11 years old, and, and uh, it was just it was it was great hanging out with her. And I just was like, man, I just. Just hanging out with dogs and hanging out in the pool, I was like, this is really nice. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I know that's just very simple, but sometimes those little simple things can just have such a huge impact on an individual. And just with everything going on, you know, the past couple years with the Roe v. Wade stuff, it's just like, you know, just stuff that's simple like that is really, really nice and calming. I would just read a book and hang out by the pool and it's like, this is, I can do this for a while. Yeah, just can I just have that, that little... as a gig for forever <laughs> just to let me do that stuff hang out with dogs and in a pool that's, that's what I'll do
0: yeah I feel like it's a sensory thing that it's just really calming um, but yeah if you only go to the pool like a public pool with friends or you know whatever any pool you can like pay for entry and stuff it's like you know you don't really get to like just bathe in it and relax you know you're always kind of chatting or you know whatever but i lo- love to have a book at the pool but i just i learned that i shouldn't bring it when i'm hanging out with people um <laughs> because they're like what are you doing nerd <laughs> I'm like, okay i'll put my book away <laughs>
1: interact with us constantly no it was just nice and, and as a, and an introverted person i actually i really appreciate it just was like just time and space alone just let mm-hmm. me chill out and be by myself mm-hmm. and that was that was really refreshing for me so I know it's it's something simple but it was it was great for me nice so yeah overall pretty good just a little minor pain in my neck but everything else is great Mm -hmm. lizzie how are you for real
0: i am good i was saying earlier i'm pretty wiped out today just really tired and it's kind of like introvert problems it's like i you know um my dad was in town which is awesome because you know we don't get to see him that often. He's in Charlottesville, Virginia. So, like, here in Louisville, even though we're from Virginia, I've got my sis- my two sisters and my mom and two nephews here in Louisville now where we used to all be kind of spread out. So, um, you know, having my dad visit, it's like almost the whole family together. And um, it's, you know, I love spending the time together, but there's that, like, pressure when someone's here that you don't get to see all the time to like always be available. You know, it's like the moment you wake up, it's like, where are we going? What are we doing? And then goes like the whole day. And, uh, so yeah, I just, as much as it's like emotionally fulfilling and awesome, like at the end of it, I'm always just super wiped. Like it takes me several days to kind of, um, regain Mm -hmm. my social energy. Um, Which I kind of feel bad about because I'm like, I feel like I'm neglecting my friends or something. (laughs) Because when my family was coming, I was like, you know, there might be some times I can like, you know, still come out and hang or whatever. And uh, I just didn't have the energy. Whenever there was a spare moment, I'm like, I'm going to just lie in my bed and stare at the ceiling Mm -hmm. and not think thoughts (laughs) It's real
1: (laughs) yeah
2: Mm
1: -hmm. i can yeah i can understand that well i'm glad you were able to see your dad that's really good but uh yeah i can understand that especially like that that constant pressure to like be doing stuff all the time that's why Mm -hmm. sometimes i I talked about not liking summer because i i would feel that pressure to be like oh well it's so great outside go outside do stuff all the time I'm like i just no, just as you said like just sometimes I just want to sit in bed just look at the ceiling yeah <laughs> like hey what are we doing today well actually i want to sit in bed and cry for a lot of the day so <laughs> what do you want to do
0: <laughs> this time was nice though because i feel like uh you know our house so we've got like three different houses to hang out with when family's in louisville um my mom's my sister's and mine and so our house is kind of like the chill watch movies house um And with my sisters both having toddlers, you know, they need to go home earlier. And so, you know, I got to just chill and watch movies with my dad, which is super fun. We watch Jaws, which I watch every summer. Mm -hmm. Um, It's just like super nostalgic. And I also, I swear, Richard Dreyfuss hits different when you watch it when you're older. Like... (laughs) I, I got a crush just saying also he looks like my husband, so that's yeah. part
1: of it no i was I was watching it and I was like, oh my goodness that is that's Seth and it's like <laughs> it just the way he looked the way he talked his mannerisms the way he laughed I was like the
0: curly hair yeah, yeah
1: kind of a smart ass like it's just like, yeah this is this is uh this is Seth right here this is great hundred percent yeah, but yeah to me he's of the three I mean because I think a lot of people think the the the, the main guy like the sheriff of the town or whatever they think he's like the the hottie but i, I think, think he
0: was supposed to be the hottie yeah. when it I came think, out i think it's richard is Drevers. that
2: do you think well it's like mayor versus scientist right so yeah. hmm. however we may or may not have idolized you know certain officials but i think i think now science is a lot more sexy oh that's true as far as like you know cultural narrative so yeah, it's. I think it's definitely what more widely accepted to be like nerdy smart these days.
0: Very true.
1: And that's why Richard Dreyfus hits differently was it, now. Was
2: he the mayor or a sheriff?
1: He's sh- sheriff. Yeah.
2: And then the mayor. Oh, the mayor was like the short, bald the, guy.
1: The mayor's like, we're not shutting yeah, this city down, down at all. Right, the mayor
2: yeah, is definitely a yeah, right. bad guy. Yeah, and definitely, <laughs> who cares about a cop too? Like yeah. cops aren't sexy, yeah, they, not anymore. <laughs> 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 They're scary. Cops are not sexy. <laughs> yeah,
1: he's he was supposed to be the heartthrob in the movie, but it is it's Richard Dreyfuss, Yeah.
2: Plus, he was like a <laughs> husband. Oh, was wasn't he, he like? Oh. Was he mean to his wife a little bit? I don't know. I just he, I did notice he, like
0: his wife is just not developed at all. I think she's just there to, you know, to be
2: a what to be a mom
0: to be the supportive wife yeah the cop's wife you know be sad when he goes out to shark hunt like i i know nothing about her as a character right
1: well i'm Uh, glad you get to spend that quality family time with your dad (laughs) yeah i'm talking all
0: about the movies not about (laughs) other activities that we did we basically we ate a lot of food um that's our you know that's the other big thing about family time is just Mm -hmm. eating a bunch of food together yep
2: my family does that Food
0: is love. Mm-hmm. And you get to, like, show them places. Like, I'm trying to get him to try every good pizza place. Mm. Different times. that he, We had Wix this time. But, um, yeah.
1: Wix was mm-hmm. my first uh, job. I first, really? Yeah, when I was, well, I, I, like, did grass mowing and stuff, and I was, like, 15. But when I was 16, Wix, I was a host and busser at the Wix in Middletown. It no longer exists there anymore. But, yeah. And I got fired from that job. So, Dang. Yeah, that was not a not the best start. <laughs> I was really I did a lot of like this uh, restaurant jobs when I was a teenager and I I, I got Fired from several of them, so I was really not a good. Not I mean, who wasn't?
0: Right? it was a good worker when they were a teenager? I mean, you're getting paid like thirty-five cents an hour anyway, <laughs> wherever you work. Right.
1: So I worked at. They P- know what they're getting. I worked at pizza one year, and they uh, they gave me a button that said that you'd been here one year, and it said one years on it. And it also they gave me a quarter for a race. And I was like, Oh cool.
0: <laughs> you're like, Yes.
1: <laughs> now I make six twenty five an hour. <laughs> but I was talking about parents. I loved those jobs, but yeah, I was um I didn't get fired from pizza, but I got fired from a few other places, unfortunately. So yeah. Apparently at Wix you're not supposed to like eat a frosty from Wendy's in the middle of rush. Like that's not that's uh, frowned upon apparently. But mm-hmm. I was hungry and I hadn't taken a break, so
0: mm-hmm. whatever. Mm-hmm. I stand by your decision.
1: It was a delicious fry. It was very tasty. <laughs> <laughs> but it's good. I'm glad you got that time with your dad. That's really cool.
2: Yeah. So, Meg, how are you for real? Is that a good enough answer? That's it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there was a lot packed it into was, that yeah, side. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm okay. I am hanging in. Uh, as, as we kind of mentioned at the top, uh, things are are grim and and somewhat wild um and here we are right surviving the times so i'm getting ready to go on a grand adventure which i'm excited about i'm really excited about this like next adventure that i'm gonna that my is sort of part of my professional path and now and and it includes like leaving my home for a period of time to go work on a project and so now i'm like have to do all of the things before i'm gone including like get my house ready for somebody to come stay in to sit the dog and so trying to wrap up some projects also find that kind of quiet time and recharge social battery recharge and had two weird so i usually don't remember my dreams and i had two vivid stress dreams last night so Mm. (laughs) is this is this the is this the pressure coming out so uh yeah just noticing that but i'm mostly feeding myself at least two meals a day right now So doing good with that Mm -hmm. and mostly sleeping more than seven hours at a stretch right now. So two, two check marks there at least. (laughs) Yeah. I like those as just kind of like a, a base
0: level, you know, if, if you are really stressed out or you're having mental health issues, it's like, you know, thinking about like, okay, so what I can really focus on is just like, nurturing my the body things i
2: can do yeah. yeah oh and i'm taking my meds um, every day so three checks there. yes yeah That's i a used good an app for a little while i even said to my therapist like oh i want an app to that'll gamify my morning routine for <laughs> me and she was like oh well here you go like immediately knew about this app that has like a dungeons and dragons sort of sub sub theme which means nothing <laughs> to me but it's probably really fun for some people so, anyway, so it lets you like, you know, there's like your dailies, which is like meds and teeth and, you know, whatever meals and exercise, whatever it is, you, you yeah. set it all. And then there are habits. So, whatever that is. And then a to do list. And you can rate things from like hard to easy. And then, of course, you get wellness points or take hits if you do or do not do your things. So,
1: wait, what's this that?
2: It's called Habitica. Habitica. It's pretty cute. I have fallen off the wagon, but I had earned, like, a flying pig that I was riding and, like, a, a pet cactus and some pretty cute accessories. So, uh, you know, I was in top form for a little while there. It's good. I
1: have uh I, I saw saw—I might download that because I, I like those things a lot because I have a— uh, I do it for i want to drink more water so, mm-hmm. and i have this thing called like water llama or whatever it is and i have like little different it fills up the little animals and it, uh, oh
2: cute they start <laughs> off as
1: gray and you can't really tell what it is but then it, once you get all your water intake you it shows a little little critter and you're just like oh look at that i got it today
0: <laughs> nice <laughs> i like those little things <laughs>
1: I'm like, oh man, I gotta get this otter today, so I have to drink more water. <laughs> That's great.
2: You're like, I'll have to pee twenty times, but it'll be worth it'll it be for the small it to, digital to pet.
1: See the otter for ten <laughs> seconds. Mm-hmm.
2: The That's little things, nice. mm-hmm. yeah,
0: yeah. I feel like that app might stress me out just because I'm like, I don't know, like I'm, I really beat myself up if I don't do. All the self-care things. Mm. Yeah. I'm that perfectionist student. So I'd mm. be like, oh, my gosh, I only got one llama today or whatever.
1: Well, you only get one animal per day. So if you got one well, llama, that'd be a good thing. I only thing. got
0: half a llama today. <laughs>
1: <Yeah>. <laughs> this llama doesn't have enough water. I also think, oh, I have to give the llama water, too, because, mm-hmm. I, you know, otherwise we don't see him. So. Mm. Uh, yeah, that's very... But so yeah, it's like
2: a caretaking.
1: Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, I've, I've bestowed that upon myself as the
2: caretaker.
1: <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> <laughs> but I can also understand why it does, like, yeah, that perfectionist tendencies are like, oh, I didn't complete this task, so I feel like crap. But, like, I do like just noticing those th- those three things, you notice, like, check marks. Because like, we can dwell so much on, like, what we're not doing, mm-hmm. but focus more on what you are doing. And, and those three things are, are critical, so...
0: I saw someone on TikTok talk about I can't remember the exact term she was using but you know finding some activities or at least one activity that no matter how bad you're feeling that's something you need to do to feel grounded every day Mm -hmm. and if it's too hard to do on your bad days it's not your base level Mm
2: -hmm. so examples
0: would be like cuddling with your pet Um, you know something that's easy to do every day that you can feel like check You know, the way that you, I think that's important to look at everything, especially when you have mental health issues, every little thing you do to kind of Mm self-care is good to check off. But yeah, finding that little thing that just makes you feel kind of grounded and human when you're feeling bad and you can go, well, I did that thing. Mm -hmm. You know, for me, it's like cuddle my dog. I love doing that. I can do it no matter how crappy I feel. And it's good for me, and it's good for my doggie. So, yep, win-win. And who wouldn't want to cuddle with Phoebe? Phoebe is the best.
1: She's a great cuddler.
0: Yeah, although she hasn't been sleeping with me lately. I think I've been rolling around too much for her.
1: Mm. yeah.
0: But I, when I wake up and she's not there, I'm like, hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Phoebe, where are you?
1: <laughs> you know, I used to have my planner, because I, I still do a, a, a paper planner. Um, it was just wake. That was the first thing, which is wake. It was literally just get out of bed. It was mm-hmm. that. It's I know to some people that seems ridiculous, but to me it was like, hey like this is just me like taking that first step. yep and that's important to me. So
0: Oh yeah, if you've ever had you know major depression or any sort of like chronic illness that causes fatigue or any mental health issue that causes fatigue, you know getting out of bed and waking up is a big deal. Mm-hmm. So yeah, you should pat yourself on the back just mm-hmm. for doing that. All right, well, I think we're ready for our break. We'll take a quick little break ski, and we'll be right back.
1: Two Nuts in a Pod is a program dedicated to talking about the real stuff the stigma of mental illness, how we tend to our mental health, and how our brains define and empower us. Hosted by Lizzie and Emery, Two Nuts in a Pod can be found on podcast streaming devices. Such as iTunes, SoundCloud, Google Play, and Castbox. In addition to podcast streaming services, Two Nuts and a Pod is a proud member of Forward Radio. 65 WFMPLP is committed to broadcasting the voices of those groups and individuals in our community who are routinely ignored by the mainstream media, promoting understanding and collaboration among diverse groups, supporting our efforts to network, organize, and strengthen our community and our democracy. Forward Radio is a volunteer-powered, listener-supported station, and we need your contributions. Just go to forwardradio.org to donate or get involved.
0: All right, we are back with Meg Sassy Stern. Very, very cool name. And uh, this is the part of the show where we would like to hear from you, Meg, on just kind of what your formative mental health experiences are like or just kind of what your... Story or background is when it comes to mental health. One -hmm. thing we've discovered with having guests on this show is, like, no matter who it is, what walk of life, how they might seem on the outside, like, everybody has a story with mental health. And I think that's kind of hidden normally. Mm -hmm. People think, you know, no, only failures have mental health issues or sad people, and it's like, no,
2: it's everybody. Yeah, we all do have mental health, right, even whether it's good or... Rough, or it's an experience that we all that we all have, and and that varies. So yeah, well, thanks for the opportunity. I um, was a little surprised in being invited because I don't um, sort of think of myself as somebody who's really open about my own experiences with mental health or treatment or seeking treatment for it but yeah as you mentioned like i definitely have my own story it's not over um and i'm somebody who's like really passionate about health care and access to care and normalizing things that are often um, either not addressed or only whispered about um, and sometimes heavily stigmatized so mental health care unfortunately falls falls into that for a lot of folks so uh yeah I'm somebody who has I think always kind of believed anybody can benefit from therapy and based on my own experiences it's been interesting to kind of learn how I can interact with different treatment systems to actually benefit me so on a personal level rather than like on a community level uh yeah so the micro level it it took a long time i think for me to recognize the impact that my day-to-day circumstances were having on my mental health so From an early age, I've been a really hard worker. I've been a doer and a fixer and a people pleaser. Uh, And I learned pretty early on that if I was willing to commit and really invest labor, both physical, whether I was being physically, like actually producing product um, or, you know, doing physical labor, but also investing An immense amount of emotional labor, whether that's in a project, a person, a group um, that not only did it feel good because people liked that and it made them want me to be around. But it also often had really positive outcomes. So that feels good, too. So I feel like I. For many, many years, was under a lot of pressure, largely self and. Self-inflicted, but also from others as I was performing really highly, whether that was in the job or with different projects and especially in social justice movement spaces where I was willing to say, yes, I'll do that repeatedly. Which, of course, uh, people in social movements, especially on the front lines, know that there's there's very little, if any, separation between like personal, political, prof- sometimes professional. So the relationships that we build in the streets or at the state house also exist in our homes and in our friend groups. And so, for me, it took a lot, or I, I guess. I guess there was a long time of not recognizing how all of those things impacted each other. Eventually, I did uh, really struggle with trying to like complete all the things that I felt like either were expected of me by other people, or that I wanted to do because I felt like I could, or because I felt like uh, a different something had to be done right, and and I can do this and. Eventually, I was, uh, okay, well, before we get to the solution, so so there um, were some pretty rough times and some pretty gnarly scenarios, um, some of which included uh, not being able to handle my stress, not being able to control my emotions, really not taking care of myself, um, including, like, just having... Insomnia creep in to even those like times when I'm supposed to be, uh, risk having for restoration for myself, like actually resting or healing or sleeping or not being able to, um, to kind of choose me in those moments. And eventually it was, it was no longer an option. So, uh i think it was close to a year so like the pandemic has been rough as we all know and winter is has never been good for me i'm a summer kiddo Mm -hmm. and and really enjoy um uh well i i really dislike winter for many reasons which (laughs) we won't won't necessarily go into here but it was a struggle especially um You know, having already been pre-vaccines, we were all already like really isolated, and so, so ultimately, um, early 2021. Okay, so let me back up. Actually, even though I, uh, we'll we'll, pause. Y'all will delete this little pause. Yeah, (laughs) yeah, we can do that. Um, Pause away. So throughout my 20s and 30s it was definitely normalized. There were a lot of people in my life who I knew and respected who sought out professional treatment for mental health needs. And so it was really normalized and accepted and didn't necessarily feel like it like I needed to prioritize that kind of that level of care for myself nor did it feel really accessible. I did not have health insurance for most of my adulthood. And while I was really well versed in and practiced multiple, like, sort of holistic modalities, whether that's mindfulness, meditation, yoga, exercise, good diet, lots of water, right? Like, I became really good at the things that I could do, and they only can do so much at a certain point. Mm-hmm. So uh, yeah, so ultimately I pra- I um, kind of practiced what I preached because I've definitely through my, uh, I talked about sort of emotional labor investments and trying to like support other people and understanding like it's okay to choose yourself. It's okay to prioritize your needs. Uh, and it took me a long time and and ultimately seeking out professional help to be able to realize that I deserve all of that. Also, that, mm-hmm. um, you know, because here I was like telling my mom, seeing a therapist or taking meds for your depression doesn't mean that you're broken. It means that you're choosing to 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 invest in your own well-being. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, and so I needed to kind of take that advice for myself and also figure out how to recognize patterns, set good boundaries and actually maintain them. A lot of which is really relation is, is really relative depending on like resources, uh, and also kind of how much emotional elasticity there is. Right. So you talked about resilience, um, which I think is is can in some ways be like a trauma response, of course, that, mm, yeah. you know, we've been through so much and a lot of this bleeds into my professional life or volunteering on the sidewalk where there's like actual physical threats and sometimes we get shoved and, yes, I can withstand this and I would rather be the one that's like, yeah, so we talk about being resilient and... Uh, for example, in my professional life or even as a volunteer on the sidewalk, you know, we we get shoved and we get um, run into and, and sometimes we'll catch an elbow. And sure, I'm willing to be there, I, I choose to be there, and I would rather be the one to catch that elbow than have the patient mm-hmm. get assaulted in that moment but at a certain point at what cost right so anyway um there came a time where the pressures including to be to say yes to the things and to complete the things i had i had committed to which ultimately pile up and and Become unwieldy in ways like time management or being being able to like get the dishes done or wash the bed sheets, um, and so it it became untenable, and I ended up let's see here I sought out first I I made an appointment with um so again like not a lot of access to health care and. I've had definitely my fair share of like negative experiences with healthcare, with seeking healthcare. So, whatever that, whether it's gynecological care or the dentist as a kid or sitting down with a therapist, there's there's vulnerability and there sort of needs to be a level of trust. I think, especially if we're gonna be working. on on these really important issues, and so uh, as a as a as an adolescent and in my teens, I had had some interactions with mental health care professionals, mostly because of like social or family circumstances, and and I had mi- mixed experiences there too. Um, having not had easy access to care and having long, um kind of taken responsibility for my, not just my own care, but also built systems for community care. Uh, it took a while and at a certain point ha- I had to piece together my own care plan. So first I sought out an assessment uh, with my primary care provider where I, where I, and then I started medication for severe anxiety and mild depression. Mm-hmm. And it was a game changer. It was really, really rough to adjust to, and I feel really fortunate that the first med we tried is one that worked for me because I've known people who have struggled a lot with, like, finding what works. So, and and in conjunction with starting meds, I also started talk therapy, which has been good and a mixed bag. Uh, It Definitely for me particularly as somebody who's involved in social justice movement spaces. I'm a queer Jewish femme in the South and have my own, uh, there's generational trauma and there's like just existing in this lifetime experiences. So ultimately uh, having been able to choose myself and decide to go ahead and prioritize saying yes to me instead of saying yes to a project or giving somebody a ride or letting them borrow fill in the blank and having to do the labor of keeping track of that um i've gotten to a much better place and you know as i mentioned it's never over so right now i'm between jobs and between insurance plans I had to piece together my last prescription to, in order to stay medicated, uh, That's and I'm tough. and I'm on a break from my therapist. Mm-hmm. So, um, so definitely kind of drawing on all of the skills along with my sort of fresh knowledge and new tools in my toolkit, um, and a lot of community care. I. I think through not just my abortion access work, but other movement work and activism have long uh, not been willing to rely on the systems that we know don't serve us. So, um, so I still feel like it's important to have a handle on my own kind of care And work to understand that it's okay for me to not have all the answers and it's okay for me to do things like choose rest or peace and quiet rather than saying yes again to like, yeah, I'll be at that rally, which Mm -hmm. can really zap your social battery, especially if you were already, uh, you know, volunteering Outside of the clinic, and got shoved that day, and it's like eight thousand degrees outside, and you have to cut the grass or whatever. <laughs> so, just kind of giving myself permission to to take those rests, even if um, if I have to say no. And one thing that's been really helpful has been, like I mentioned, knowing how to. Not just recognize patterns, but really set boundaries with people and choose what relationships I want to be in. Because if I do need to recharge my battery, and that means canceling plans with a friend, now my friends are people that understand and celebrate me making that choice instead of making me feel like I've let them down. Mm -hmm. Yes. And like having
0: those people in your life is so important because there are some folks who will you know, even unintentionally uh, kind of give you the sense that you're disappointing them Mm -hmm. instead of, you know, recognizing your own autonomy and the fact that you have needs outside, you know, like that's so healthy. I think, you know, burnout is so high in like, you know, any sort of social work adjacent profession Mm
2: -hmm.
0: and um you know I feel like I have seen people who you know they do they they can carry on like you know for a little bit not taking care of themselves Mm -hmm. and just focusing on the work and there's there's probably some sort of release in that like this release of the self almost you know I'm I'm connected in and it's like almost like seeing other people's needs being met is like satisfying
2: Mm -hmm. but i don't think anyone can sustain that no not without take not not without maybe very wealthy people could right (laughs) like because that's what i keep thinking of is that it takes resources it takes being able to know that your bills are paid or that you know your shoes don't have holes like all the things right and i i need a bed and a roof if I'm going to get that consistent seven to eight hours a night. So, but, and I do, I think it's funny that you said that, you know, meeting other people's needs. Cause I've even justified one of my partners has, has kind of flagged for me that like productivity, I I often approach as a form of Mm self-care and it is, and can be, especially if I'm like, cleaning my house for example and like improving the space that that I exist in but yeah early pandemic I leaned real hard into like some workaholic tendencies because I was like this is a thing I know I can do and Mm -hmm. I'm good at it Mm -hmm. but yeah at a certain point when does my battery get charged back up Mm -hmm. yeah so Meg I liked what you said too about
0: being able to uh kind of extend like understand other people's emotional needs and respect their ability or their need to take care of themselves but that it was harder for you to turn that Mm -hmm. back towards yourself and I think that's so interesting because I think self-compassion is so hard for so many of us Um, so where there's certain anything from that shift into self-compassion that or are there things that helped you make
2: that shift into self-compassion? That's such a good question Um, because it, it, that is something I really needed help with. Like I had to have other people pull me there. Mm -hmm. Um, I was gifted a one day retreat and restore. And again, gifted, right? Like I would have had to pay. This requires not just financial resources but time right like if i was a parent or had to take the day off work but i had the privilege to be invited to this one day rest and reset i think it was called little session with a coach that took us through some guided meditation there was some journaling and reflection there was a really lovely meal and then another, and then like uh, an embodied practice where we were out of our chairs and really working on choosing ourselves and knowing and being able to recognize what it's like. So the, we, there was one metaphor that she used where if you think about like a river or a stream and there's the center of it where the currents are flowing and that's kind of like you're, you're in your groove and you're doing good. And then off to the sides, there are all these little spots where like things might get stuck and caught up. And if, you know, you can imagine a sort of leaf getting stuck over here or whatever and so using that analogy had us kind of note so when it when what happens if you're stuck over here and for me it's I'm my sleep is interrupted or I notice at 7 p.m. that I've only had one meal all day so being able to recognize those things and and then reframe it that I was busy feeding other people and not myself mm-hmm. And, the, and, like, literally, that's what I, you know, like, I was a, a nanny and a private chef and a cook before I became an abortion activist. So, or before I became an abortion access professional. So, it, but it really, really took other people saying to me, you deserve this. You can do this for yourself. And putting work into convincing me that, that, and, you know, we hear these cliche phrases, like you can't pour from an empty cup or whatever, but actually acknowledging that I wasn't going to be able to keep showing up for the people that I love if I couldn't get out of bed. Yeah. So. Yeah. And I like that
0: you did something community centered to even understand Mm self-compassion. So you, you or whoever gifted you that probably understood like, you process things in community and you're a community oriented person. So like, that's a good tact for you Mm. to do that. Almost like group therapy of like, look, we're all here. We're all trying to get self-compassion and like finding the meaning in those connections with people because it like, I've done self-compassion work in therapy um, and that works fine for me because Mm -hmm. I tend to be kind of internal with how I process things, but Yeah, for folks that like to process things in community, I think that's awesome.
2: Yeah, it worked out. And that was just one example of like somebody saying, like, here's some tools take what works, don't, you know, leave what doesn't. But it's definitely helped me, I think, to something else that's helped me a lot has been, and this has been, I think I was taught this. Through work and then able to sort of apply it in a personal way, but like really just identifying, defining and then centering my personal values has helped me really have like a guidepost for how to make decisions. So I know we don't really have have time. It would take all day to talk about my relationship status, but I'm a polyamorous person and being in relationships with different people at different times, particularly in different ways, whether, you know, you and I might go on trips together and that's it. And you and I might watch films with the kids together and kind of show how we show up and how we build these relationships requires for me anyway, an analysis of what kind of friend or partner I want to be. And so knowing and centering the values that I have helps me, whether it's about how I Build a relationship with a partner or start a project with um, a group that wants to, whatever, share information about abortion access, for example. Mm -hmm. So my personal relationship values are to respect autonomy and celebrate joy. And I think that that is helpful for me. I kind of like put words to that not too long ago, and I've been kind of sitting with it. And I think it's a good way to kind of approach the rest of the things around me as well. Nice. Meg, thank you so much for sharing
0: that. I think all of that is gonna be so helpful to a lot of people. Um, We're going to switch over to the part of the show where we just share our gratitudes with each other because it's a good mental health practice and it's also great for recognizing privilege and stuff too. It's just good work to do. Um, I say that, and then also gratitudes are really hard for me. <laughs> that means it's good work. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, I can actually start. Oh, okay. Because uh, emo made me think of think of thank. <laughs> e- emo made me think of mine early today, um, but I, with ha- having family in town, we got to celebrate my uh, one of my nephews. Birthdays. He just he's turning two this coming Friday, but we got to celebrate and he got books and airplanes and um, I just like I I had so much fun picking out books for him. I like I feel like I kind of found my like aunt mode. Like I haven't quite found my aunt mode yet. I mean, it, like one of them just turned two and the other one won't won't turn two until February. He's so I'm still time. like i'm feeling it out that time yeah um but like i love picking out books i mean uh it's harder for me to pick out toys because i'm like what's developmentally
2: stick to books yeah um that's
1: what i always gift
0: anyways yeah, get books.
2: Their parents will appreciate that. Yeah, don't get a
0: noisy toy, especially. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I'm grateful just to have my nephews and have those relationships in my life, and uh, to be the cool childless aunt, crazy Aunt Lizzie. You know that I get to have that relationship with them, and even though I've I haven't I haven't connected with kids a lot in my life, like that's one of the reasons, like I don't have children. Um and like life is hard enough for me anyway. But uh but yeah, I I, it's been fun to connect with them and uh they're they're cool little dudes. They're mm-hmm. fun to hang around with. Nice. And I also like to be able to be like, see ya mm-hmm. when I feel like it. Peace. <laughs> Later losers. <laughs> Going home to my hedonistic lifestyle. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um what about you emo what are you grateful for uh i was
1: talked about this during a a time we had off but um meg your perspective uh that you shared in regards to investing it's with taking care of your mental health it's an investment in yourself and your well-being and i think you know I, i love i love the idea and the talk around narratives but so many narratives can be very toxic and damaging for people and perpetuate so many issues and problems so just hearing that is I really do value that and just because it is, it's an investment in your short-term and long-term well-being, whatever it may be as far as taking your medication, exercising, mindfulness practices, whatever it could be. So I was very grateful for that perspective there. Um, and also just grateful for, I was recently just, you know, when I was at the pool, when I was dog sitting, or when I was in my room recently, just grateful for those spaces of just like time to myself and just that I realized that you know, a lot of people don't, don't always get that. And then I'm very fortunate to have that time and that space just to kind of center myself and calm things down and to think, um, because that's really important for me. Uh, I am, I can tend to be a person that says yes to a lot of things. And it's like, okay, Emory, you know, to recharge, you need that time to yourself. You need that space where it just you and your thoughts and maybe floyd my cat can hang out too <laughs> uh, he's usually there um just to have that is so important and valuable to me um so yeah i'm very grateful for just having those those spaces and so whether it was the, the pool where i was dog sitting or just in my own little my room i um, really grateful for that so so yeah those are my my gratitudes meg
2: well thank you both for for sharing that and this space and time And I will share gratitude for the homies. Uh, I feel super, super lucky to have a really great support network that is also that is part of my personal life and this like movement work that we are faced with at this time. So specifically. There's a number of group chats. I think everybody's got however many group chats they might need. And uh, there are two in particular that I'm in that are just full of, like, queer and or abortion folk. (laughs) (laughs) And the the way that we've been there and shown up for each other, particularly when Roe, because not only did we know that Roe was going to fall, but between the Supreme court decision getting leaked and the decision actually coming out and taking effect, there were however many weeks and, and multiple days within each week for weeks on end where it was like, is it going to be today? And we were making sure that we ate food and just checking in, you know, as things unfolded. And so the, that connection and community uh, is is incredibly valuable to me. So that's my gratitude. Very awesome. Nice. The one for the homies. The like homies. That.
0: The yeah. homies. Everybody needs that. hmm
2: And one of them, Ashley, mm-hmm. had me over to her pool yesterday. So I got the cool water calmed down. And she's puppy sitting. So I mm. also got puppy oh, snuggles. It's nice. so, like
0: oxytocin. Just burst. Yeah.
1: And she was a friend of the show. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm.
2: Yep.
0: Nice. Well, we are out of time, but, uh, Meg, I just want to thank you so much for coming on the show and sharing what you did. Again, I think it's just going to be so relatable, especially for people who do work in like high stress Mm -hmm. jobs, whether it's advocacy or another realm entirely, it just, you know, self-care is not selfish. Amen.
1: I'll, yeah, i end with that. That was perfect. <laughs> <laughs> I have nothing to add.
0: <laughs> all right, guys. Keep talking about your feelings. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to Two Nuts in a Pod on Forward Radio. Please keep in mind that we are not mental health professionals, and all of our opinions are based on our personal experiences. If you'd like to speak to a trained professional, call National Suicide Prevention Lifeline at 1-800-273-TALK. That's 1-800-273-8255. The Crisis Line is available 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Original theme music for Two Nuts in a Pod was composed by Neil Lucas.